1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
0: Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus... Happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, crispy breaded wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Enjoy quality homemade meals without the hassle. With Chef, you can choose from thousands of authentic dishes prepared with care by the best local cooks in your community, all made with fresh ingredients and delivered right to your door. It's like your own personal chef with an unbeatable variety. Explore cuisines from over 90 different countries from Mexico to Thailand and more at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S
2: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off The Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I'm coming to you feeling a ton of emotions right now. I'm feeling agitated. I'm feeling emotionally hungover from yesterday, which I'll get into. But right now, I just want to rant really quick about my fucking windows in my building. Okay, so I live in a building that was built in like 1920-something. And it's an Albert Kahn building, who's like this very famous architect in Detroit. I'm sure he has buildings other places, but it is what it is. He's like... He was very into like Art Deco Gatsby energy, okay? So, the building that I live in was restored. They kept a lot of the original hardware, the original elevators. I mean, it's like really... It's really cool. But they also kept the original windows. But they... So, they kept like the original sizing because windows back then, I think, were a lot wider is the impression that I'm getting but they redid them with like this like brass gold window frame or whatever it's called I I sound like a, I don't know really what I'm talking about but you guys get the gist So these windows I've talked about it because I believe on this podcast I discussed how Barb almost committed suicide on the window ledge but I this I'm literally living in hellstorm so the windows don't seal properly so they whistle when it's really really windy and for some reason like on my street it is a fucking wind tunnel okay it doesn't matter if it's a light breeze whatever and the whistling doesn't happen all the time but when it's heavy wind or storm it it's insane um and barbs getting into a box like you guys this is i this is so chaotic i have a completely new mic setup i'm such a goddamn professional and then this shit happens it's like i deep breath okay so the win- the window's whistle and i had written to my leasing office and i had even voice memoed them a recording of the whistling and I, cuz i was like this is so loud like i'm not crazy like this isn't like little Little breezes. Like this is wild, how loud it is. And it's hard to sleep. And I shouldn't have. And sometimes it like alleviates it a little bit if you like open it just a tad. But it's like it's December in Michigan. Like I'm not opening my windows. It's that I shouldn't have to. (sighs) So I'm ranting. These are like such versatile problems, but I don't give a fuck. I'm I'm gonna rant about it. So they were like, okay, we'll get someone to come up and look at it. So the guy comes up, he's a fucking mansplainer, asshole who is like, well, have you tried to seal the windows with the like to lock the windows? And I looked at him and I was like, yes. He's like, well, that should take care of it. And he did it and it fucking didn't. And then he looked at me and it was like this realization that like, oh, I'm not just making this up and being annoying. Like it actually is really loud. And he was like, well, I don't know like what we can do because we're not allowed to seal the windows. Like, are you fucking kidding me? It's so absurd. So, I'm trying to record this podcast and it sounds like I have the fucking seven dwarfs living in my apartment whistling on their way to work. Like that is truly how I feel right now. I feel like I'm losing my goddamn mind. But you know what? That's enough of that. I'm so sorry. I just had to get that off my chest because it was like I started recording and it was fine and then I and then I tried recording again and I couldn't get my my mind right because all I could hear was this whistling noise. And I don't know if it's just my apartment. I have a, I have a feeling it's not. I have a feeling it's not just mine, but whatever. Okay, getting back into the actual episode here. I am, like I said, a little emotionally hungover. I'm not hungover due to alcohol consumption or anything like that. I am hungover because I had the biggest cry fest of my life yesterday for probably two and a half hours. I was full sobbing. I had a great day. Everything was... It was a normal day. You know, Ruby had a great day. I was so happy. Like, no anxieties from her. Like, everything was really, really good. I get home and like, everything that I have gone through (laughs) hit me. I don't know what prompted it. I don't know if it's because deja vu is the number one most listened to song of my 2021 Spotify wrapped. And that, you know, now that it's on the top of the list of my Spotify, it comes up a lot. And that her album Sour triggers so many of my emotions. It's absolutely crazy. So of course, I was like, you know what? I haven't cried in a long time. Like really, really cried. And I was like, I'm going to just let it out. I'm going to lean into this. So I fully went, leaned into my sobbing and started writing down all of my feelings and listened to Adele. I mean, I was like emotionally waterboarding myself. I was like, I need to get these feelings out. So I just want to talk about that. I listen, I normally am okay with being single. I'm okay with dating. I'm really in a place now where I'm trying to find the fun in it. But I just want to say fuck the toxic positivity for just like a second, because I just want to be real. It fucking sucks. And I think for me, the holidays are, is a trigger. And I, I had no idea that I would become that person where holidays are triggering for me being alone. And it kind of just come, it came on a little unexpectedly. So I feel like I, have just been avoiding feelings. Because I'm not a wallower. Like, I do not wallow in my feelings at all. I'm very much a person that like, when things happen to me, I digest it, I say, okay, that hurt, or that didn't make me feel good. Or that is sad. But I'm like, I have to keep going. Like, You just got to put one foot in front of the other. And you just got to like move on. But I think that there's like this happy medium that I just haven't seemed to find where I don't think you need to wallow in your feelings. I mean, if that's what you do and that works for you, that's great. It's just not something that I don't think works for me. Um, Now my cat's meowing. I mean, I truly live in a hellscape over here. But... I can't just keep moving on from stuff. Like I have to process it and digest it. And I thought that that's what I had been doing for the last six months, you know, because I, I mean, if you ask any of my friends, I was the person that like, I wouldn't necessarily jump from like relationship to relationship because not all of them were relationships, but I would always be talking to someone. I would always have, you know, I would always have a boy. Like there was always someone that I was talking to. And you know, my friends, of course, would be like, Sam, I think like you need to process. And I was like, no, I'm really fine. Like everything is okay because I felt okay. Like I'm, I find myself being, I think of myself as a very strong independent person. And so I was like, I, I'm okay. Everything's fine. And everything was not fine. And I would get into these like weird relationships or non, you know, as people call them situationships, which I think are is much more common now. Um, I found myself Becoming just like exhausted. And so then I met someone last winter that I've talked about on this podcast before. And I I mean, I wrote about it on the dip.com. It's about like heartbreak and um this new hinge prompt, which is a dating app. But the the prompt on hinge is really out of control. It's the voice, the voice prompt that people are doing. It's I just don't enjoy it L whatsoever. But so I was dating someone and it was just a really nice relationship. Like, it was something that, you know, I never felt broken. I didn't feel damaged with him. Like, he never made me feel crazy. He listened. I, I'm literally describing like the basis of like being a good person, but it's like, whatever. He would like listen to my feelings. Like, he would acknowledge them. He would digest. Like, it, it, he was a good person. He was a really good person. And I just thought like we had a really good like foundation, like a really solid, like, I don't know. I just, I liked it. I liked whatever it was. I thought it was nice. So when it ended, that one really fucked me up. And not in a way where I've been fucked up by relationships, like because I've been so in love with someone and like so devastated and hurt. This one came out of nowhere. And this one hurt more because I was like, wait, like what happened? Like, I don't understand what happened. So I was like, after that, I was like, you know what? And I was starting my new job at the dip. I was now doing something I loved completely full time. Um, I got out of working in a dental office, which I loved a few people that I worked with there. But overall, I like hated my life. It was so stagnant. I felt so complacent. I felt like I wasn't going anywhere. I, I don't know. I just... So when we, when it, when he broke up with me, I was like, okay, I have this new job. I'm moving soon. Like things are going to start happening and it's going to be okay. And so I really just have taken the last like six months to really like not date. Like I don't talk to boys. Like that's not, or men, I don't know, but you know, and there was a guy that like kind of came back around in September who had like apparently liked me for a long time, but I realized like, I don't have those feelings for you. And it was like, that was hard to like tell him that I'm rambling, but I'm just like working through all of this because last night, like I said, I was like a total wreck. I was a wreck. Um, and I really was writing down all of my feelings last night that I have been avoiding saying out loud. And I think, you know, I have a really hard time. Having the last word. I don't like having the last word. It's not something that makes me feel comfortable. It makes me feel incredibly vulnerable. So I was really just writing about some of the past relationships and the things that I wish I would have said to them. And they, I mean, they're not bad things. I, you know, I'm not wishing I cussed people out because there's no one in my life that I've dated who I hate. I mean, there's one guy who is a demon from hell. He's Voldemort, but. Everyone else is. They were good people. It just like didn't work out for whatever reason, and I just you know there were certain things where I wish I would have said something, and I finally just wrote all that down, and it felt it felt good. It felt good to cry. I mean, my eyes were stinging, (laughs) like, and I it pulled me back out of it because you know, my friends were like, Sam, like, let it out. Like, it's okay. You know, talk about it, be open, be honest with yourself. And I was like, I literally was writing things down. Like, I sound like such an asshole right now. Like, I sounded so cheesy. The things I was writing, like, I literally saved it in my computer. Do not ever read this again. Because the things that I was writing down, I it was absurd. Like, and they were really, it's really how I feel. But putting it into like, cheesy con, like, it just, it was so crazy. I was really on one. I don't know. It was wild. And then, of course, like, you know, you do have this fear, I think, as a single woman or man, I think anybody, but I think women feel this way because, like, especially if you want to have children and you want to have a family. And, that's, you know, I live in the Midwest. So, like, everybody is doing that right now. And you feel like you're being left behind or you're, like it's never going to happen for you or you're just never going to meet someone. And it's like this whole thing. And I mean, I was like spiraling out of control last night. Like every emotion that you could feel, I felt last night. And Ruby was staring at me like, what the fuck is going on? Because she's never seen me like cry like that. I've, I've cried a little bit in front of her about her. So it's like one tear falls, but I just really wanted to talk about it because I feel like it's important that, you know, if you are in a similar position to me, that you don't feel alone, especially around the holidays. Cause it's hard because, you know, you're going to start seeing engagements. You're going to start seeing lots of couple photos in front of Christmas trees and you're going to see cute winter shit and it fucking sucks. And I'm just going to say that it fucking sucks to be alone. Sometimes. There are other times where it's lovely. I can do whatever I want. I can come home and look like shit and I don't care. And I understand that there's positive aspects to being alone. But sometimes, I mean, and I think as, as a someone who thinks of themselves as independent, I think it's okay to acknowledge that it sucks. And it hurts. And I just want, if you feel that way, that, you know, you're not alone. And if you want to cry and listen to Adele, listen to To Be Loved, you know, do it. I had that shit on repeat. Like I was in it, you guys. So that's that's that on that. Um, whew, sorry. I just had to get that off my chest. Like I said, it's just... And now the whistling of the windows. It's just, it's just a great... It's very chaotic. Okay, so let's take a quick break. And we will get into some pop culture.
0: The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com.
2: All right. Now that we are back from that um, emotional waterboarding that I just did on everybody, my apologies. Deeply Sorry. Let's talk about a couple that just needs to fucking end. And I hope that they're officially done. I'm talking about a one, Chloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson. We have to say enough is enough. Last week it was announced that Tristan is being sued for child support by his personal trainer, Mara Nichols. Uh, when this news story broke, I clutched my pearls. I gasped because. I was like, there's no way because it first was announced via The Sun, which is kind of like, you know, kind of daily mail, kind of like a little shady, a little, you know, make stuff up, if you will. So I was like, there's no fucking way this is real. Okay. Because it also was like, this woman is due in two days, like, whatever. So I just read the headline and I was like, no fucking way. No fucking way he did this to Chloe. Again. I mean, he didn't get other girls pregnant. I mean, we don't know. But... Then I scrolled down and I read and I read and I read and Tristan admitted in court that he had sexual relations with Mara Lee back in March at a birthday celebration and several other times saying that he would fly to California, Texas, she would fly to California. They had like a little relationship. And like, keep in mind, he was dating Chloe at this time when he allegedly conceived this child. With his personal trainer. Now, I don't know if him and Chloe are still together, but if they are, she needs to dump his ass immediately and never, ever, ever get back with him. Ever. According to Us Weekly, he initially ordered genetic testing back in July before filing an amended petition in Texas court last month. And then Page Six reported that there was an alleged text message exchanged between Tristan and Marley. Page six said it was reported that the basketball player appeared to threaten his alleged baby mama to drop her paternity lawsuit against him in exchange for $75,000. I don't know about you guys, but this man is worth millions. Um, feels like $75,000 is a little, a little low. And then they go on to say in a text message purportedly sent to Nichols obtained by page six in a legal filing Thompson told her, allegedly told her, that she will receive far less money if he's ordered to pay child support under Texas law. He said, you allegedly said, you are aware that I'm retiring after this season. So in terms of support, it will be whatever is required monthly for someone who's unemployed. It's Texas, so it will only be a couple hundred dollars. So you are better off taking $75,000 i am offering because you won't get nothing near that with having a child with a father who's unemployed. Well." Marley gave birth in California. So that changes things. And I just have to say, like I said a little earlier, that I hope Chloe is fucking done with him. But at this point, if she takes him back, you know, even now, I don't feel that bad for her. And that might be really harsh and that might be really mean. But I feel like that is what Chloe needs. Like she needs someone to be fucking real with her. And I need Kimmy K to sit her ass down and cuss her the fuck out and be like, why do not take this man back? And honestly, for me, as a, you know, obviously an outsider, just reading things and seeing things on social media, whatever, ever since the whole Jordan Woods scandal, like something about Chloe just hasn't sat right with my spirit. Like Chloe used to be my favorite. And then I don't know. So after Lamar, I, it just, she got a little, just it's, There was something about how she and her entire family treated Jordan, especially on social media that I just thought was so wrong because Jordan, I believe was like 21 at this time, like so young and was getting bullied on social media by the most famous family in the world for something that Tristan allegedly initiated at his house and she came clean about it. She told them what happened. And yet he is the one that gets taken back over and over again. And Kylie ends up losing her best friend who was a very, very good friend to her. And I just think was put in a really shitty situation. And I just don't think that that's fair. And people can say like, Oh, well he's true's dad. So, you know, they have, he has to be in her life. It's like, yeah, he does. But that doesn't mean you have to take him back. And I have to say that I think at the Kardashian reunion that was taped like back. Oh, like I think like may or June of this year you could tell that the family is not on board with with Tristan. Like you could just tell Kim is not one that plays like that. Like if you fuck around on her family, like remember when she chased that one girl up the stairs in an episode of keeping up with the Kardashians because Scott had like a girl snuck over. Yeah. Like Kim is not about it. I mean, we saw what she did with Tristan like after the whole Jordan stuff. So I just think she was like trying to be supportive of Chloe. But at this point, like you just can't support it. You just can't. He's a fucking cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. And Chloe doesn't need that. I don't think any woman needs that in their life. And they should take out a page of Lala Kent's book and leave his ass. That I have respect for Lala for that. Because she talks a lot of talk, but she also walks the walk. You know, like she, she says a lot of shit, like, I would never put up with that. I would never do this. And she's right, she wouldn't. And she fucking walked away. And I was like, I respect the fuck out of that. So, which brings me to Vanderpump Rules. James Kennedy and Raquel Levis of Vanderpump Rules broke up. Early. It is alleged that she gave him the ring back at the reunion that they filmed on Friday. Now, these rumors were swirling. We weren't completely sure, you know, what the truth was. But then they announced on Instagram, of course, that they just fell out of love with each other. And they're no longer together. And they want, you know, to keep a positive moving forward. And then Raquel posted videos of her moving stuff in or out of a storage unit. Unclear. I think it was out. Because I think she obviously had to like, moving into somewhere else or moving back with her parents. But I will say, I don't want to say I saw this coming because I don't want to sound like a know-it-all, but something about them had felt a little off this season. And at first I wasn't sure if it was just this season, just being weird. Right. But if you go back and watch the proposal that he did, the Archella, Rachella or whatever, it was, her reaction was very strange to me. I also think she was maybe a little drunk like they had been partying all day. So that could definitely have contributed to her um maybe having a weird reaction, but something just felt off. And then of course there's the whole nose situation which is very bizarre. How they're discussing this nose job and him going in for a hard kiss. I was like, what the fuck? Like what is going on? And honestly, I say this about a lot of people that date men like James, like for example, Jackson Brittany. Like, if you decide to be with a man like Jacks or James, there is going to be you are going to have to be apologizing a lot on his behalf. You're going to have to be having to explain his behavior, and I just don't subscribe to this idea that just because you meet a man and he's only nice to you, but he's an asshole to the world. I don't like that for anybody. I think it's fucking weird. I know it's like very romanticized in like TV and movies, like the asshole. He's mean to everyone else, but he's, you know, he treats you like a princess. It's like, why do you want to be with someone like that? Why do you want to be with a fucking asshole and make excuses for his shitty behavior and always have to walk on eggshells around everybody and always have to have excuses for his, actions like i would be fucking exhausted and eventually like i just think it wears on you um it might be fine the first couple months like you might think like oh my god i'm so special because he's choosing to be nice to me but it's like baby girl that's like manipulation and that's like not okay and i just think that that's what was happening with james and raquel and i never really saw them have a chemistry if we're being completely honest i I don't know. It just—I think there is love there, but I don't think they had good chemistry. Now you know who did have chemistry: James and Lila. They had chemistry. They have a connection, and they always have, and that is why, like, they love so hard, and they both fight so hard. And I'm just saying, like, they're both sober now. They're both into music. You know, they're both going through breakups. I'm just saying, if Vanderpump Rules decides to come back for another season. That's what I want to fucking see. I want to see a James and Lala reunion. I want to see them flirting with each other, maybe dating. I, I'm rooting for it. If we're being honest, I would love to see little Jamesy as a stepdaddy to Ocean. Uh, you know, cause he loved Lala so much that even like he would say weird shit in front of Raquel about Lala. Like it was. He was a wild animal when it came to her. Like he would do anything for her. And that is also like, he was the only one that would ever talk shit about Randall to her because he was like, this man sucks. This man is awful. And of course she didn't like it because she said on her podcast earlier this week or last week, I mean, you know, she's like, I had my head in the sand about a lot of shit. She's like, I didn't see it. I should have had my eyes open and they weren't. They were girl. They were super glued shut. So yeah, I am excited to see how that all works out. You know, Katie Maloney and Tom Schwartz did not film in person because of COVID. They might have been exposed. So there's that. And then Lala, same thing by exposure. So that is why they were not there. And I think production told the cast to take down... Because Raquel had posted like the pictures of the chairs... Um, at the reunion seating and people noticed that there wasn't, you know, enough, but I also want to get, I want to get eyes and ears on Tom Sandoval and see what he's saying about the, about the breakup, because he did spend a lot of money on that proposal. I'm just saying it wasn't money well spent and he's opening a bar potentially. So I'd be a little pissed. Ariana needs to rein that, rain that man in a little bit. Cause he's acting a fool this season, a damn fool. And then lastly, I want to talk about Real Houses of Salt Lake City the episode that aired on Sunday I need to talk this out because as Christine Bianca Villa friend of the pod internet bestie she said on Twitter I have no idea what I just watched but it was art and that is accurate my head hurts from that episode it hurts there was so much going on And, like, I had, like, whiplash from some of it. I I didn't. There were so many, like, alliances and fights and, like, gifts were being given. Planes were being ridden. I I don't know. But my heart is full because I enjoyed every minute of it. I first want to address the statement that was made by Mary M. Cosby. She said, you know, the Mexicans who make all the drugs. Excuse me? What are you saying? What the fuck are you saying? I need that to be addressed. And Lisa Barlow on Twitter did say that she does get into that with Mary later on the season. She said, keep watching, period. So Lisa Barlow, we're going to keep watching because I feel like that needs to be, needs to be addressed. And then we got to talk about Lisa and Whitney. These are two women, okay, who are incredibly different people, okay, They are women who speak different languages. They do not communicate on the same... They're not on the same planet as each other. Like, just... It's a miss. Like, they're constantly just missing one another. And then also, I mean, they clearly just don't like each other. So that also doesn't add... It doesn't help the situation at all. But it's frustrating to watch because it's like... I think Whitney definitely just has like a bone to pick. With Lisa, and Lisa is obviously a master shitster, which that is why she deserves the center snowflake and not Heather Gay, because she is just in the fucking mix. And that is what I love in a housewife. Um, also someone who drinks Diet Coke, eats Taco Bell, and does it all flawlessly wearing a fur coat, absolutely literally sign me the fuck up. Okay. Let me get behind that girl. Let me hitch my wagon to that horse. That's what I'm saying. Now with Whitney. You know, I struggle with Winnie. I think she's a good person. I just don't necessarily... I find her to be frustrating to watch because she so clearly wants everything to be Lisa's fault that she's like... She kind of looks kind of crazy. I'm sorry. Like, very crazy. And then this whole situation with Mary and her cult and Cameron and everything, I was confused because Lisa... See, I really got to talk this out because like I said, my head hurts from the episode. I watched it a few times. Lisa seemed to go downstairs because she was like, I just talked all this shit. I'm going to talk to Mary about it. She told Mary exactly what she said. She told Mary what she heard. Am I wrong? So I'm like, why are they mad? They don't need to know everything that was said by Lisa to Mary. And then Meredith Meredith is getting worked up meredith is getting worked the fuck up i think meredith is going through something um i know the death of her dad was probably is probably very difficult obviously and i think we see that in the mid-season trailer that came after the episode that that is definitely addressed because she's so emotional about her family and i think when you lose someone like it makes you just double down even harder and like want to protect your family even more. And I totally get it. And she was making sense. Like she was making sense. I, you know, I definitely think she needs to let the Brooke stuff go for being a little honest. It's like, we're beating that dead horse. And then Heather makes is, is so confusing to me. I find Heather gay to be so confusing. Because one second she's like you know lisa i want you to tell me everything and then she's like but why is lisa saying all of this it's like what the fuck do you want from everybody it's like when she was on the on the you know sprinter van when after jen shaw got arrested and she was like well do you think that they've been watching her like yes bitch like what oh yes obviously I don't know if you guys have insight or anything like my eyes are starting to close just because I'm so confused by all of this and all of the dynamics. I just found so crazy, so complicated. And I'm ready for Jen's thought to be back on my screen. I'm ready to see what goes on with Jenny, little Jennifer, because she seemed to attack Lisa Barlow in a van at some point this season coming up. And I'm not thrilled about that, but I definitely want to watch it you know I don't know. I mean maybe Adele was right. Adele did say on Nikki Tutorials YouTube over the weekend that Bravo will kill her brain and I was like, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Cuz right now my head is spinning, okay? Spinning. So, that is pretty much all I have to discuss today. I really feel like I covered a very a very wide range of topics starting with, you know, my mental breakdown to Tristan and Chloe. It was, you know, all over the board, but I mean, it is hot off the mess. I am the hot mess express over here. Thank you all for listening. I will see you around on the Instagrams. And of course you can use code HOTM at the dip.com for 20% off at the dip. And I will see you and talk to you all soon. Bye.
1: Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice.